companies that aren't really embracing remote or being more inflexible regarding work-life balance or having a specific you know, scheduling for employees that work for them, they're going to be behind and they're not going to be able to get great talent. This is the Business Innovation and Technology Podcast. My name is Dan Connolly. I am a technical sourcer. I'm Sarisha Palusa and I'm a recruiter. Galvin Pereira and I'm a technical recruiter. Today, we take a look at recruitment. My name is Heloisa. I'm a sourcer. Cheryl Mitchell and I'm a technical sourcer. Adarsh Kotwal and I'm working as a EMEA business sourcer. How the market has evolved and how that impacts the opportunities and expectations of candidates. My name's Ritu Sharma. I'm part of the GMS recruitment team um, and I'm one of the senior recruiters for Solutions Engineering EMEA. My name's Alicia Cologne and I am a technical recruiter on the Solutions Engineering team. However, attracting and retaining top tech talent isn't what it used to be. It is really competitive, if I have to say in one word. The most competitive markets I've seen. I would say that the market is heat. The market's very hot for the candidates. There's a lot of job opportunities, not as much talent that's out there right now. Every candidate that we talk to has exploding offers. It's a very competitive market that we're in. If you have a technical background, it truly is a candidate market, right? And what I mean by that is there's more opportunity for engineers out there than there are actual engineers. So, you know, I guess being a bit more selective is definitely uh, something I see, but I would definitely say the market is opportunistic from a candidate perspective because you truly could have, you know, a sort of pick of what you would like to do as far as engineering uh, is concerned as a potential next step in your career just because there's so much opportunity out there. I'd say this is driven by, by, the, by the talent itself. We can look at the dynamics of the supply and demand. Every entrepreneur who opens up a new company would require five, six, seven people who are really strong tech, technical experts to join those companies. And then this kind of builds up the competition among all the kind of participants or all the companies that are in the hiring process or looking for the talent. Now. Tech startups also seem very attractive to the tech talent because it's very fast moving. It's 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 ambiguous. People need people love to solve challenges and they can dive into and talk with the CEO, CTO at the same time and actually solve the problems and they can see the impact straight away. Candidates are very much motivated and passionate about joining socially responsible companies and and they're very geared towards making sure that they have the flexibility and the work-life balance is, is good uh, good for them on a personal level so the talent is there right the best talent is there they're just a lot of companies are needing them especially after what's happened in the last like year and some change for us and you know around the world a lot has happened the world changed the need for tech talent changed but how much have our recruiting practices changed? I'm Jordan Rogers-Smith, and I'd like to welcome you to our show. Today's episode is titled, Recruiting Best Practices. The COVID-19 pandemic moved all of us inside and online. As more attention shifted to the web, the significant demand for tech talent grew. However, the pandemic shifted the market in more ways than one. Candidates now out in the market are requesting for these flexibilities. One of the way to attract talent is to showcase to them how flexible you are when it comes to remote working. So for every organization, I'm hearing more and more now 
is how they're setting up strategies for remote working. So it's it's shifted in a couple different ways, right? I think in the beginning, we all experienced like everyone went on hold, right? Because they're trying to assess what's happening in their current business and let's not hire, let's try to keep our current employees, let's not try to go any through any layoffs, right? And then you see 2021 happen and then you see this huge surge of hiring happening across the nation and probably the world, right? So that's really how the market is shifting right now. And it's shifting to being more digitalized and, you know, being able to have the companies run remotely so that you never face an impact to your business as what we probably faced in, you know, the early parts of 2020, right? So the world has suddenly become a lot smaller now um, and we're able to recruit uh, in many other locations, being able to recruit remotely. It's actually opened up the talent base when when you're searching. Um, And in terms of recruiting, it's allowed us to be a lot more flexible and and really work at um, uh, those those strategies around what people are looking for. So, you know, understanding what's really important to candidates from, from a personal perspective and having a, a really good strategy around that so we can sell an enticing picture for them. So it's actually helped in terms of recruitment, I think, a, a great deal. This has really kind of brought this discussion to the forefront. And as you might have noticed, many companies, including Facebook, are, are aspiring to become 50% or say 100% remote working organizations, which has really given the power to the talent itself to be, able to, de- to be able to decide for themselves if they want to work remotely or they want to work from an office. And this has given kind of a different direction to the hiring process. I mean, there's always going to be trade-offs, uh, but one has to stay focused on, uh, you know, what it is that you are looking to accomplish. There's always this misconception that like you know leadership sits in one location you know the direct reports sit in another location how is that feasible for like mentorship I think we've proven over the last couple of years that we can successfully uh, deliver in spite of like being in different locations so being more open to that idea and um, coming up with ways where you can uh, foster you know camaraderie and help people feel like they belong I think that's going to be key you don't have location restrictions so you can go uh, and advertise your role in any location. And I also see a lot of room for diversity. Uh, you can have people from different regions located in different places that grew up in different uh, scenarios working together and partnering to build a, a good solution. So Yeah, I think it's actually been a great thing. Um, we're able to access more talent in more locations that you know might not have been you know, even available to us, especially if you have you know, a team or a client that wants somebody to be on site in a specific location. Um, now that they've seen you know, remote work going well, you know, being productive, you know, they're a little bit more open-minded to having people that aren't in that physical location or even in the t- same time zone as well. And so hopefully, you know, this continues even after COVID, which I definitely see it happening. And any of the companies that aren't really embracing remote or being more inflexible regarding work-life balance or having a specific, you know, scheduling for employees that work for them, they're going to be behind and they're not going to be able to get great talent. It's essential to understand that this shift to remote work has grown into more than a convenient solution. For many individuals, working remotely was not only a positive experience, but one which enriched their work-life standards. 
Now candidates are looking for more than a formulaic approach. Be transparent about the recruiting process, providing information in advance, what are the next steps, so being transparent and clear about that, and also give as many material as possible for candidates to prepare about the position, about the company, and also about the process, the interview process, so they can be prepared and confident to be to be successful. What kind of experience are you giving them throughout their application process? Are you there to answer their questions? Are you there to kind of be honest and really talk about the job opportunity and job description really openly? And, and the second thing will be more around build your brand, have your team go out, create certain kind of articles or engage with the talent, have webinars, have open sessions, bring kind of tech talent to an event on board or have some virtual event so that you so the tech talent knows, okay, there is this company that exists and this is a challenge that they're trying to solve. Make sure you have champions on the team, um, you know, uh, ambassadors on the team who are willing to have these conversations with passive candidates, you know, uh, getting them attracted, um, you know, into these roles. So that's going to be important. Uh, it's not just on recruiting, but it's together. Uh, I think it's equally shared and we all have to come together to be able to, or working tandem to be able to accomplish getting the best talent in. One of the top things that comes to my mind is hire based on potential, right? Not always what the candidate is currently doing justifies his or her skill. Um, give them a chance to think out of the box. Uh, you know, all of us work for money, right? We have families to feed. We have to feed ourselves before that. It's sometimes just the culture of the organization that does not allow them to explore the best in them. And this is what I always tell my hiring managers. Hey, you know, Let's just start thinking on the potential of this candidate versus making judgments on, on resume or what they're currently doing. Because um, I always believe that, you know, pick up the phone, talk to an engineer and figure out what he or she is doing. Because at the end of the day, I think most of us will agree uh, is engineers are not the best people to express themselves in their resumes. It's important to jump on a call and talk to them and figure out more about it. They do want to see what ideas the product is bringing to them. Okay. When they build that, how that is implemented out there. They want to see the pr product going live. They want to gather feedback. And I think this whole end to end experience of requirement gathering, coming up with solution ideas, uh, you know, innovation, building those, you know, and then implementing those is something what engineers look for. This is about being very close to their aspirations and their passions and understanding them from a personal perspective and making sure you know, you go through that journey with each candidate, not as a standardized process and really tailor that for that candidate. And each candidate's story and journey is going to be very different. When you think about recruiting for talent, you just have to be very, you have to build your relationships with your candidates very quickly and build that rapport very quickly, right? Because every offer on paper may look very similar. There could be variances, but not by a lot. Before closing out this episode, we'd like to speak to those looking to improve their recruiting practices or struggling in this market. Best practices from a recruiting and sourcing perspective should truly be about around communication. Getting the message out there is going to be important. Um, 
passive recruiting is important. Always be recruiting. You know, there shouldn't be a stop uh, and start cycle because you know we're not going to be successful with that approach. You know, one of the best things that companies can do to improve their best practices is to look at a candidate's profile more broadly. Look at beyond the job description. Okay, look at what they can bring to the table rather than what they have on the table right now. Right. Think about their potentials. Always look at building diverse teams because it helps in innovation. And this is one of the things that I would tell any organization. You know, look at the candidate's profile. Just the touch points with candidates and making sure that it's a good experience for them, and and the journey is a positive one for them has been you know one of my learnings at Facebook. And we put a lot of energy into making sure that candidates have a really positive experience. And I think that's one of the successes because we always have candidates who may not have got through the interview process first time round, but because they've had such a positive experience with Facebook, they're always looking for opportunities or being able to get back into the process. So I would just say making sure that process has very good touch points for your candidates, making sure the experience is a positive one for candidates is something that I would put a lot of energy into. Candidates who have gone through the whole of application process, but unfortunately have not been successful in that instance, keeping them warm, keeping them in conversation is something that really helps because they have proven that they are motivated to join your company. They are motivated for the role. That's why they have gone through the whole of the process. So I would say it's even more important to keep the communication channels open for the candidates who get rejected versus the candidates uh, who, who didn't say yes to uh, your approach at the first instance. You know, don't get upset you know, with candidates, you know, if they don't accept your offer or they don't want your job or, you know, maybe their salary isn't in line. You know, that's not the right candidate for the role. Um, and I know it's important to be, you know, aggressive in a sense, but, you know, you can't always fit, you know, that square peg into that circle hole and have it work out. I would say the meeting candidates where they are, as I've mentioned, I would say that it helps a lot candidates to succeed when they feel that the process is transparent and clear and they have clear directions what they need to do in order to be prepared. Our process don't have like tricky questions or things that they need to be careful about saying or not saying. We want people to be authentic. And I think that helps on the interview, that helps them to be their best at the interview. So I would say that keeping this engagement with candidates and preparing them and being transparent would be a good starting point. Shifting and how you're changing to recruit for that talent, you have to just remember that you're a human and they're a human and it's not a transaction and ensuring that they're making the best decision for themselves and putting them first and not saying that that wasn't the case before but the market wasn't as hot before right so you didn't have as much competition out there so you have to be able to differentiate yourself and treat each person like a person and ensuring that you're educating them on their questions and you're getting educated on what their needs are so that you can help them make a career decision. Because otherwise what's gonna happen is all these companies, including Facebook, is we're gonna hire all these people very quickly and then it didn't end up making the right career decision for them. So then you're backfilling all of these people, right? So helping the talent understand like what they're signing up for and ensuring that it's the best fit has to be at the like heightened front point of every conversation so that you're not redoing all of your efforts. 
I'd like to thank our incredible recruiting team for sharing their insight and experience with us. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review.